This presentation is from UX Australia 2016, held in Melbourne. For more presentations from this and other conferences, please visit uxaustralia.com.au. We are animals. Yes, we are special kind of animals. We can think, we can communicate in different ways, and we, we have a comprehension of time and history. We can create. We have emotions and passions. And we like to think our decisions are always optimal, made rationally, with reason. Evaluating costs and benefits and always informed by our preferences. That's kind of what traditional economics is based on. But we are animals. They think the, the kind we call humans. And as such, sometimes we make mistakes because we, we think, no, we don't think, but we act irrationally. Behavioral economics is the field of economics that studies how psychological, social, cognitive, and emotion factors affect our economic decisions. So a classic example of this is the opt-in and opt-out uh, story about the org donation. Right? This is about 16-year-old. I believe everyone is um, familiar with that. So it all depends how you frame your, your question. Um, assume that you are filling a form and to, to get your drive license. And at the bottom of the form, you have uh, these uh, two one version of, of this question, right? So it's pretty much the same question, but with a little detail, and details are not the details, right, Ash? Yeah, okay, so, um, so in both cases, people tend not to check because of inertia, and that's one of the principles of um, um, behavior, uh, psychology, right? People tend to stay on the status quo, and they, they're reluctant to change. Uh, but they drive to different results because in the first case, people don't check the box and they don't join the program. The program. In the second case, people don't check the, bo the, the box, but now they join the program. Uh, another example is the decoy effect. Have a look at this question um, in one of the Dan Ariely's experiment. Dan Ariely is one of the the most popular behavioral economics scientist, uh, and a lot of what I'm talking about is, from, is, is inspired in his work. So um, I'll give you a few seconds to read the options. So this is a form to subscribe to The Economist magazine. So who, who would go with option one? Just a few people. Who would go with option two? No one. Who go with option three? So the majority of people, right? So what's happening here? So um, why why people didn't choose option two, option two, and why the majority went with option three, right? And what if we removed uh, the option two, right? On Dan's studies. Uh, the result was that 83% 80, 80, 
of people preferred the option one in this case when they asked when, when they had this only option this true only options. Uh, so this is called the decoy effect. Right? The formula is very simple. When presented with two options, um, if we introduce a third option, which is a little bit less attractive of one of the options, in this case, B minus, this is the, the, the decoy. Um, people tend to choose B. Uh, why? Because it's easier for us to decide when we have something to compare to. Right? In this case, we, we kind of asymmetrically putting the comparison in one side. One side. Um, so this is a great tool to manipulate to use uh, to to help users <laughs> deciding uh, and therefore increasing conversion. Now think about the decoy effects next time you present uh, your project to stakeholders or your clients. Maybe you can give them three options, um, and this can be a great way to help them to decide which way to go, right? But remember to use for it for good, not evil. So <laughs> making decisions very hard. Take the UX Australia example, right? Really something that we, we all live in. Uh, I bet everyone here had at least one time a hard time to decide which talk to, because they are concurrent times, they, they happen in, you know, at the same time, and this is something that we, we can't you know, just play rock, paper, and scissors to decide. So why, why this is hard? Um, because there is an opportunity cost when we decide which talk we're going. Because we know that we are missing the other talk the moment we decide to go into one talk on the talk we, cho we chose. So the fact that uh, the other talk is being recorded doesn't eliminate the feeling, this, this awful feeling. Uh, and that's because of time discounting, which is another principle I'm not going to, to explain in this 10-minute talk. And thank you, uh, thanks for choosing us, by the way. Um, so choice overload. Uh, that's another old example. Um, that was proven with the, the experiment uh, with the gem uh, jars, right? So too many options can make us, or can make someone suffer from paralysis when they have to make a decision. Um, it happens to me all the time when I sit down in a restaurant with a long menu with too many options, right? So it just takes forever for me to decide what, what to order. So what, what happens when people are presented with too many options? They tend to, to go with the default option. Or they just don't make a decision altogether. So we need, we need to be aware of this choice overload. Uh, and choice overload was uh, related to unhappiness in, in the book Paradox of Choice from Barry Schwartz. I hope I said his name okay. Um, and this is the paradox. Having choices is good because it gives us freedom to choose, but at the same time can make us unhappy, just like the case of the UX Australia. 
Um, and there are a, a lot of studies and, and a lot of thing, things going on behind this unhappiness. Um, so I believe that that's why the products that offer too much personalization options for the user tend to fail, because we really don't care about personalization. Yeah, personalization is good, but it's hard to make decisions, right? So I don't know if you guys remember iGoogle, which was the product from Google to personalization, um, to personalize the Google homepage. It just failed. Another experiment from, from Ariely was to understand labor and work and how we evaluate the result of our work. Um, the experiment was about asking people to build origami figures uh, with following some instructions. And, how, and after they, they built that, they were asked how much that uh, figure was, um, what, what, what was the value of it. And then he compared with the value given from an external um, observer. So the, the conclusion was, the more effort you put on something that you're building, higher the value uh, to, you give to it, naturally. Right? But this is not necessarily true when someone else is evaluating your work. Uh, so in this case, the builders gave 5% more value than what the external observers did. So then has a, a whole talk on, on, on TED Talk, you can, you can Google that, he gives more, more details about that. He calls it the IKEA effect because the same feeling happens when we, we try to, when we assemble a piece of furniture. So we, we have a relationship with that and we start to love in that because you put some effort on that. And the value you give to that is not necessarily what some, someone else would pay. So think about that project or prototype you worked so hard on and when the time came to present it or to validate it, it just failed. How did you feel? Did you, what did you do? Did you come up with some excuses to you know, still justify your work? Or did you blame the user uh, or just the client that just, he doesn't just get UX? Uh, so maybe that's one of the reasons we tend to like agile and lean methodologies because they give us the opportunity to change and fail fast in order to succeed. So the question we need to ask ourselves is how much we want to put in a project compared to what's the risk of failing. Uh, I hope I was, I was able to give you a little bit of taste of behavioral economics. I'm not an expert. Um, but I think there is a, a lot of things that we can leverage and use on our projects. Uh, and I think behavior economics um, can, help you, can help us understand what's behind our decision making, not only as users and designers, but also in our personal lives uh, as, and as individuals. And I'll leave you with that thought. My name is Vitor Gomez. Thank you. We hope you enjoyed this presentation from UX Australia 2016. 
For more presentations from this and other conferences, please visit uxaustralia.com.au.